Ladies and gentlemen, here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Another beautiful Friday night. Another great day to be alive and another great day to uh, to do a live stream, to do a podcast, to talk about a little bit of fishing and to hang out with some of my most awesome friends over here in the live comment section, all the people that tune in on these Friday night lives. I do appreciate y'all for doing that. Uh, we're waiting on Ben. You know, Ben, he has to always be fashionably late. I think he thinks he's a lot cooler than he actually is. And so he likes to show up late and act like he's a bigger deal than he is. He, Ben's kind of like that that band that refuses to play anything but the last slot at the festival. That's that's Ben. And so, you know, we got to wait for him to show up. No, but he'll show up here in just a minute. He, uh, I texted him. He said he's heading this way, getting logged on, doing all that kind of stuff. But tonight we are going to have ourselves some fun because we're going to jump in on the whole like flogger hype train sort of i guess i don't know i'm just here to make fun of people and just point out all the just ridiculousness that's going on with youtube right now because you know how people love they find like something and they focus on it. And that's like the thing that they ride. And they'll ride that horse until it's dead. And then they'll try to kick it in the ass and get it to get up and start walking again so they can ride it some more. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll have some fun with that as soon as Ben gets on here. Because I need Ben's kind of expertise on the actual, like, device itself. Because I've never used one. But then I've also got a nice little monologue worked up in my head that we're going to talk about just how stupid it all is. But... As always, I want to thank everybody for tuning in, coming to another Friday Night Live, and uh, yeah, here's Ben, and then we'll get started. Ben, you're here! What's, What's up, up, buddy? What's up, dude? Oh, nothing. We're uh, we're just like about to get into this whole stuff. I, I got a feeling probably going to piss some people off tonight, because... <laughs> I, I think it's going to be fun more than anything. I think this is going to be more enjoyable... Um, from the perspective of just really having conversations, like honest conversations about the whole topic. Yeah. Because uh, there's going to be multiple sides, and we can discuss all the sides of it. Yeah, it's uh, it's just it's funny. Like, I'm here to make fun of people. I, I've already said that. Oof, I'm, here to just, I'm here to just make fun of people because it's just so silly. It's so silly. But we're going to get into it. I'm glad you're here. I was making fun of you before you got here, of course. That's so, yeah. fine. That's yeah, fine. you know how it is. All right, but anyway, let's get this thing started, get this thing rolling. I want to thank everybody for taking time out of another Friday night to come hang out with me. I know that if your life is anything like mine, it's busy. You've got things to do, but you have decided to take some time out to come hang out with us, so I do appreciate it. And for everybody listening on podcast form, I also appreciate you guys. Your lives are busy. You're probably running around right now, probably at work, probably doing something that needs to be done around your house, and you're just listening to us talk about bass fishing. So thank you for choosing us to be the people that you listen to. I really do appreciate it. And it's really awesome to see the podcast grow. I talked about it last week. Got looking at some of the analytics, and uh, we're over a thousand established listeners. We've got over sixty-five or seventy-five thousand downloads, excuse me, on uh, on the podcast, and that is just freaking amazing. So everybody watching live or is watching this later on on YouTube, I do turn this into a podcast, so you guys can go check that out. Um, there's also some kind of exclusive content over on the podcast form. Um, where I pull some audio from other things that I do and, and just, just have us a good old time. But all that being said, as always, this podcast slash live stream is brought to you by the good old people over at 
Monster Bass. It's what's on Ben's hat over there. For you guys that don't know what Monster Bass is, it is a subscription-based company. And once a month, we're going to send a bag. Yes, a bag full of lures straight to your front door. We're sending lures for the time of year that you're fishing as well as the region of the country that you're fishing in. And we're sending them in a PVC sided bag. So it's a really nice zipper top reusable bag that you can stuff the baits into that you get. You can make it into a day bag like I do. You can divide all your plastics up, to, up into them like I do. I even store some terminal tackle in there. Just really, really cool. So not only are we providing you with the value of the baits, but we're also providing you with the value of the bag, which is a reusable product. So if that sounds like something that you can use and it sounds like something that you might enjoy then i'll have a link down below in the description and with that link there will be a code and the code is beard like what is on my face and it'll save you 25 percent off the entire website not only your order but the entire website so that means that you can go on there and not only pick up the bag but you can also go pick up rod sleeves hats all of my exclusive merch is over there you can go pick all that stuff up and get it for 25% off. Yeah, Ben, um, buddy, we're going to give some stuff away tonight also. And tonight's giveaway yeah. is going to be really, really fun. I've compiled a care package um, worth over $200 um, that is full of all kinds of baits. It'll have Strike King. It'll have Berkeley. It'll have X-Zone. It'll have Monster Bass. It'll have... I mean, Zoom, literally just all kinds of stuff. I've compiled this giant care package that I'm going to send your way. It's going to come in a box that looks something like, you know, that's that's big. And so to enter that giveaway, we do a raffle. If you guys have never participated in one of my raffles, it's really, really easy. All you have to do is super chat in $1. And for every $1 that you super chat in, it is one entry into the raffle. So like my buddy, Mr. Michael here, just super chatted in 10 bucks. And so he has already got 10 entries into the giveaway. So everybody's already second to Michael because he already has the most chances to win. So super chat in one dollar, one entry, two is two, three is three, so on and so forth. And you will be entered to win over a $200 bait package that includes Strike King, Berkeley, X Zone, and just all kinds of stuff. I might even throw some rod sleeves in there for you. Might throw a hat in there. Might throw some stickers. Just go throw stuff in a box, guys. Just throw it in a box. And I'm gonna send it to your front door. So yeah, um, enter the enter the raffle. I'll remind you guys about it here in a little while. But without further ado, Mr. Benjamin Nowak, we've got the orange cone of doom of justice. The orange traffic cone of doom. I mean, this, dude, I, oh, this I'm is disgusted. like yeah, this thing has taken the industry by storm. It is the hottest, greatest, latest new piece of technology. It's going to help you catch every fish in the lake. Now, if you guys don't know what this is, <laughs> this thing. Every fish in the lake. <laughs> this orange traffic cone looking device. This is called a flogger. It's what you beat your wife with and you go out and catch bass with. He just said, it's what you beat your wife with, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, so uh, this flogger so thing. No, so let's like actually explain what it does. Yes, we're obviously I, joking around. Um, that's what I want to go ahead and I want to go ahead and preface this entire conversation with. This is honestly one giant joke in me making fun of everybody on the internet yeah, right now. Yeah. And me jumping, being totally honest and transparent with you guys, me jumping on the hop of that stupid orange cone and like 
getting getting just in to the conversation as well as under everybody's skin. But I want Ben to go ahead and kind of explain what the flogger is because you've actually used one. You know what it is. It's like a northern thing. So explain to everybody who yeah. doesn't know what a flogger is. What's a flogger? So the flogger has been around actually since 08. It's actually been used for bass fishing, specifically for bass fishing. Chad Pipkins got with a company called Poor Boy Lures. He won a tournament and won like three or four tournaments in a row on Burt Mullet um, from like 08 to 2011, 2012, using a flogger and no one else had one. So what it is is a big traffic cone looking thing, piece of plexiglass on the bottom and those handles, you push it underwater. So like when there's chop on the water, you're trying to bed fish and like you can't see all the way to the bottom. It eliminates that chop and eliminates the glare and you can get a lot better view underwater so it really is like a bed fishing bait or bed fishing tool but a lot of guys actually use it i don't want to say all year long but throughout the year to like see the bottom composition see bottom changes and contour changes but really 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 where it's playing and where it kind of got notorious over the past week is bed fishing on the mlf but this has not been like this is not the first event that has been used in major tournaments. Like it's been used in the FLW Tour, it's been used in Bassmaster Elite Series. Like this has been used a lot. So for it to blow up this year is just kind of funny. I think it's a lot of people that are just getting into the sport that have never seen it before, though. Honestly, yeah. And and the thing is with this this flogger, right? Primarily, it's for bed fishing, and I think that's where a lot of people are getting a damn. Uh, what a like a like a cog in their wheel, right? Or a, a, a piece of sand in the cog, or what, I don't whatever the saying is. Because there's like some serious, just pissed off people about it, which is really really funny. Which I want to get into here in a second. But the second part of it is, you need some like pretty phenomenally clear water. I mean, I'm not gonna be whipping the flogger out on bedding fish on Watts Bar Lake anytime soon, and like looking at them because for the most part, all my bedding fish are gonna be usually in that deep of water. And if they're in deeper water, just the way that our water is, the siltation, the algae, everything that's in it, I can't see to where the those fish are at. Is about how pressured these fish are, man. Like I'm not gonna lie, these fish up north aren't that pressured. So you can and it has to be smallmouth. You can't do it for largemouth. They're too finicky. They have to be moderately unpressured flogger. Or moder moderately unpressured smallmouth that are spawning for you to use the flogger on. Because you mm. literally have to sit your boat almost over top of these fish, put a giant orange cone now in the water, hold your boat with spot lock right next to their bed and then bed fish for them. So let's just put yeah. it in perspective. Like that's kind of what you're doing with a flogger. I've seen guys yeah. do it on Lake Champlain. And like, that's why I really got to like see it use like personally see it use the first time with Champlain in like 19. Um, but they were doing it in deeper water, but these have to be moderately unpressured fish. So, and you know, another thing about this thing is I think one of the strangest, the, the strangest things about it <laughs> is the whole bed fishing aspect of it. Right. So here's my opinion on the flogger. It's another tool to use to go catch fish. Is it the ultimate tool to use to catch fish? No, just like forward facing sonar is not the ultimate tool to go catch fish. So that's, that's go why I'm, that's why I think this conversation is so funny. People are losing their minds. I bought mine for $45 on Amazon. People are losing their mind about a $45 tool that if everyone wanted it, everyone could have. One. Point two, this is not the same as forward-facing sonar, and it's not going to change the entire world. This is literally for like 
two weeks out of the year, one tournament that people are going to be using a flogger for. And a lot of people, so let me explain the difference why guys are not able to take like forward facing sonar, which is incredible technology, and use it in the same spot as a flogger. These fish, when they're on bed, even though their bed might be, Alex knows, even though the bed might be a four to five foot diameter bed, the sweet spot on the bed is like eight inches, 10 inches big. And so by using a flogger, you can get down and actually look at what the fish is doing. With forward-facing sonar, with 360, with all these different things, um, you don't get that clear of an image. Like, it's not a picture-like image. It just gets you in the general area, um, and you can sort of see it, but there's still variance. So, like, even forward-facing sonar, even if you know they're on that specific rock, and you can see it with forward-facing, with your live scope, you're not able to actually bed fish them like you're looking at them. The flogger lets you look at these fish, and that's why it's uh, so effective. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's it's going to be the ruin of everything, right? Like, everybody's gr- jumping on this hot train as though it's going to ruin fishing, that we need to ban this piece of yeah. freaking plastic. I mean, it's so stupid. And let me tell you why it's stupid. Here comes my monologue, okay? Because it's like old man shaking his fist at clouds is exactly what this is. It's like... It's new and I don't understand it, so it must be bad. And like you've got all of these people who are like, you know, bed fishing should be banned. Fishing during bed fishing season or, you know, during bedding season should be banned, period. Well, here's I got two problems with that. It's only a problem when you have three and 400 boat tournaments. And the fact is that just like we talked with John, the biologist, and I, I would pretty much say this is, you know, across the board because I've talked to biologists in your area. I've talked to biologists in Florida. They all agree that everybody could go out and catch fish off beds. I mean, to the almost ridiculous amount, what we would think is a ridiculous amount. And those fish are still going to reproduce and there's still going to be more fish in these lakes than we could ever catch. You go catch five fish a day, every single day off of beds, keep them, take them home, take the knife to them. And there will still be more fish in that lake than you could ever imagine. And so, The fact, the fact that my, my dad said I got flogged by a chicken. Your dad time. and Billy Knowles says people love it. Ban sunglasses. <laughs> oh yes, ban the sunglasses. The freaking polarized sobs. Um, but no, like it's just such a like old man shaking his fist at clouds. I mean, that's like the only way that I can describe it. And like the fact that there are whole videos and whole comment sections that are on this train to go ahead and ban floggers next year just amazes me like what is that like what here's, is that? here's the other thing man is like i have to say the way that these guys were bed fishing with the mlf format is so much more environmentally sound than these guys taking the fish and running them 50 miles or 80 miles like jacob willow was running back to the boat mm-hmm. ramp mm-hmm. like these guys were catching them and releasing them. However, 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 if you guys have seen Mighty Ducks, that's where that comes from. However. Anyways, however, however. Um, I think a lot of these guys were catching the same fish multiple days, multiple times a day. And weighing them. Yeah. Oh, dude, we've done it. Like, I, I mean, guys, I'm not playing. You see some of these bed fishing videos. Like, we went two or three days in a row. And, and you don't mean to. Fish. Or you like, don't mean to. Or, like, you you'll catch a track. fish and, like. 30 minutes later, you come back and like Alex will be fishing a different one. And I'm going to flip over in the bed that he just caught one out of. I'm like, damn, did you just catch one out of the Trinity? Like those three rocks right there. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And it happens Uh, all the time. I mean, so here's, here's the, here's the thing is 
like that's the beauty of it, right? Is that these guys were number one proven just how dumb some of these smallmouth can be. I mean, poor things. They really are. I mean, when he when they the ice gets out from over their head, they they turn kind of dummy. And then once they get on that bed, they turn kind of dummy. And so these dudes were just showing number one how awesome St. Lawrence River is because that place is packed freaking chock full with giants, right? Like it showed just how fertile and awesome that lake is. But then number two, man, you're we're right. I mean, we've experienced it. You've experienced it. We both experienced it. They're probably going back through and catching the same fish two or three days. And I think Brent Ayler even said at one point, I think I've caught that fish two or three days in a row, like on live. Jake Wheeler like, says, oh, damn. Well, I guess we'll weigh him in again. Like, And then he catches it, and then he puts it on scale. Well, I mean, dude, that's – It hey, just is what it is. That's part of it. it. Is. It's part of the tournament. Everyone has and that opportunity. And the craziest thing about it all, right, and I think this is where it pisses people off, and I think that's the biggest thing, is there's a certain set of people that are just pissed off because people do well. And, like, especially guys like Jacob Wheeler doing well. Like, I'm – Neither here nor there. I've said it before. I don't invest in individual anglers. I invest in the sport of fishing and not even the sport of tournament fishing. I'm talking about the sport of fishing. But I do have to say that I got to get behind Jacob Wheeler because I got to defend that guy and the fact that he's freaking good and he won. And to be pissed off at that guy for winning is just being a sore ass loser. You know what I mean? And I think that's the biggest issue here is there's people that are pissed that a guy like Jacob Wheeler who's a content creator, a young dude, a dude who's got four graphs on the front of his boat, this guy that's going against the grain and going against everything that doesn't, you know, that certain people don't agree with, and then he goes and cracks 200 and something pounds in a day. What was that, like one day he caught 213 pounds? No, of he fish? got 160, and then that's the next day he caught 80. I don't care. That's freaking ridiculous, bro. Yeah. Yeah, uh, dude. Like, I don't think we could. I know I couldn't do that. Like, yeah, if you cast, if you I, cast I might be able to Alex. during. The, I might be able to during the winter when they're on one spot, and I can literally just cast and catch as many as I want. But that wasn't the case. No. Like having to flog these fish, lay down over the side of your boat, put your head in this little contraption, catch the fish with your freaking full size. Like, dude, unbelievable. And the thing, and here's the here's another thing that that is just. Does amazed me that somebody didn't get their nose broke. Like I was waiting for one of them waves to pop that old boy in the face and like come up and just bleeding. Oh my god! Like or somebody to fall over. I don't know how Alton Jones at one point, Alton Jones Jr. I seen him like laid down prone on the deck of his boat. I don't know how he wasn't just blowing chunks everywhere. Because if I was riding that boat like this all day, looking through that cone, dude, I'd puke my freaking brains out. But yeah, dude. I don't know. I just thought I thought we'd jump on the hot train and kind of start this whole thing. Yeah, that was that. really. I mean, the, that was really the biggest point here. Is like let's yeah. kind of joke around about it for a little bit. I love the little. I don't know if people saw it, but there's a little live scope screen in your bottom right hand corner. Yeah, if you look at the thumbnail, guys, <laughs> and on Instagram, you can zoom in on it better. Just look at the bottom right hand corner of the thumbnail. <laughs> Um, because it was another little just jab at everybody. Because not only do you it. got the flogger, dude, the and you know you dude. know what's about to happen. These guys are about to come to the Northern Swing. They're gonna go to places like Champlain and the St. Lawrence for Bassmaster. And then all of a sudden, you're gonna start to see guys catch them on live scope, and we're gonna have the same conversation, not about that stupid orange cone, but about that stupid orange that? screen. 
Yep, it'll come right Tell back you. full circle around. Should LiveScope be banned? Should floggers be banned? Should your mom be banned? Should your dog be banned? Should sunglasses be banned? Should motors be banned? I mean, at this point, let's put them in canoes and let them row their ass out there. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, let's just, let's go back to like the very like basics. Canoes and push buttons. That's what I want to see. I want to see, I'm starting a professional bass fishing league. And I'm going to call it the P... C, P, B, B, C. The paddle, the professional paddle canoe push button bass fishing. And you can only use one speed gear ratio reel. One. And when it's whatever Zebco is. Whatever a Zebco push button reel is, that's the one speed gear ratio you can reel. And you only get one black and blue jig for the entire year. And if you lose that, you can only use spinners. There you go. That's that's my go-to. Okay. <laughs> Not that's even spinner go-to. baits. The Just spinners. Little, the, the little, uh, what is it, yes. beetle spin. Yes, MEPS inline spinners. That's all we can use. And if you don't like that, then you can kiss our ass and just take that's it to the house. All right, well... All that we got that done right. That's that's done and over with. That was fun. We've had that conversation, okay. but so this isn't necessarily fishing related. But I'm curious on your opinion of the NCAA now allowing athletes to be sponsored and get paid. I think it's wonderful, man. I think that it gives a kid like any of these college athletes. I, here's my here's my only so give worry. People your background here. So well. Not too much about your background, but like you, you have a semi-vested interest. Like you know someone that played in college and yeah. still had to work a, another job, yeah, in order to even make it through. Yeah, well, I mean, here's the deal. Here's my one worry: is that it'll only be top top tier football players and basketball players, and every other sport will fall by the wayside because. As good as UT did at baseball this year, it's still like sub tier to the sub tier below the football program. And, you know, as well as any of these female athletes will do, I mean, just the way that it is, they'll be still sub tier to the sub tier of the football programs and the basketball programs. Right. So, I mean, I see like when Trevor Lawrence still played, you know, college, college level ball, like I see Trevor Lawrence having the ability to make some money off himself. But I don't really see anybody else other than those guys who are in that kind of top tier league of, of that. But like how, here's my question is I get it. They're going to make money off themselves. They're going to make money off, off whatever. What exactly are they making money? I mean, like, are they going to, is it so they can like put their, bring back NCAA, like EA? Yep. You can bring back NCAA. You can also um, get sponsored to wear certain, pieces of apparel or like Nike cleats or Adidas cleats. Like you can get paid to wear those. So how Um, does that, how does that work with the colleges like deals? Like, so like I know UT football university of Tennessee is Nike. Like how would that deal? Like, so say our quarterback got a deal to wear under armor shoes. Like how can he, does, can he wear them? I I think it would be a conflict of interest with the school. It's going to depend on the school. But where I see this going is like Vayner Media or like they said, Barstool Sports is going to start investing in these athletes so that way they can get them in college and they can invest in these athletes in college so that way when they go to the pros, they have them as, as agents in the pros. Like that's what Vayner Media mm-hmm. is already doing. They're already talking about it on like Gary Vee just talked about it today. Um, uh, who's the prez? 
the press from Barstool Sports was talking about signing uh, a women's volleyball player and like just getting people branded apparel that says Barstool, Barstool Sports Athlete. But okay, so I, I mean, it's essentially it's, like a UFC fighter at the end of the round, he throws his t shirt on that says Monster Energy or Bang Energy or whoever his sponsor is. So, that like at the end of the press conference of the game, they're representing a brand and they're getting brand recognitions to millions of eyes because it's going to be on ESPN. So, here's then, where this is really interesting, though, man, is like college fishing for as long as college fishing has been around has been basically doing this, but because it's not NCAA sanctioned they've been able to accept sponsors. So like Auburn and Adrian and so-and-so and so-and-so, whenever they have these jerseys with company names on them, you would never be able to do that if it were NC, if it were NCAA sanctioned, right? So like this is really interesting because it's taking fishing and putting it in football and putting it in all these other things like Reggie Bush, right? How many, how many, um, uh, national championships and awards did he get stripped because he got like a car because the dude couldn't afford to get a car so they gave him like a, a rundown car to drive when he was at college yeah I find that interesting and see I think what we'll see more and more and where I think to be the safe path for this is that athletes get a cut of the Nike deal that the whole school gets or the that's going to be the safe route, right? Because if you start getting into individual athletes, man, you're going to, again, have that top-tier athlete that's getting paid out the absolute ass And from a recruiting perspective. Recruiting, recruiting yeah. like, hey, if you come to our school, we're going to get you a vehicle to drive around. We're going to get yeah. you We're going or to get you come to our school, sponsorship. So yeah, if you're going to come to our money. school, we're going to get you 25 grand a year to, to make sh- sure you drink Powerade or some shit. You know what I mean? They're talking like, about like Archie Manning, how much he's going to make when he goes to college. Interesting. This is going to be insane. Over the next couple of years, we're going to see this thing evolve, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it is. It's going to be interesting, and it's going to be awesome. I just wonder I, – I wonder how it'll, how it'll shake out. I, I see this being something that can be good, and it's a way for these kids to get what they're worth. I mean, because – they're literally using these kids as, as just giant branding vehicles and they're not getting a dime from it. But all at the same time, I think you got to be careful given a 18, 19, 20 year old multi-million dollar contracts to represent, I don't know, these nuts or whatever. But it might you know. keep kids in college longer to like keep playing college football because they don't need to save their body. You know what I mean? Like what yeah. if they sign a deal with XYZ clique company and they have to play every eligible available game at the university. So mm-hmm. now they're not going to be able to sit out bowl games. They're not going to be able to sit out these games that they just don't want to play. Mm-hmm. Or they don't want to skip years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, That's super interesting. interesting. I, I know that is really interesting. Yeah, like I would have to – I need to study up on it more to have a better opinion on it because I'm not really read into like the legal – I think the legal side of it is where the hiccups are going to be at. You know what I mean? Like – just across the board. So I need to read into it some more and we can have a different conversation about it. But yeah, interesting. All right. So um, before we keep going, because I got something here in my lap that I cannot wait to show you guys. Um, So, Hey, first of all, a lot of people already in the raffle. Um, We're killing it. As of right now, my good buddy, Mr. Chris Kopech, who I just took fishing a couple weeks ago is in the lead. Um, He super chatted in $50. So that is 50 entries 
that he has. So he now has the highest chance of winning. I'm not saying he's going to win. I'm just saying that he has the highest chance of winning. But again, super chat in $1. Every dollar you super chat in is an entry. So like my buddy Matthew Morris super chatted in 10 bucks. That is 10 entries to win a $200 plus bait package, including some Strike King, some Berkeley, some X-Zone, and many, many more. And I might even, if you're the luckiest person on earth, might even throw in some of these right here. Ben, are you excited about these as much as I am, buddy? Yeah, 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 yeah. The Gilly. So I don't know if you guys have seen this yet. This is an unreleased bait from Berkeley, and this is called the Gilly. And Mike Iaconelli, uh worked on this. It's coming in three different sizes, what, like 14 different colors? Yep. And it's called the Gilly. And the Gilly is a little bitty bluegill imitator and it's not that itty bitty like it's it's no. 110 110 millimeters which is I mean, there you go. moderate at least size yeah i mean and it's got this crazy rib tail that is going to give it an immense amount of action it's got some little fins here on the side it's got some little bitty kind of fins on the side on the back to kind of help even it all out i've got one out in the boat texas rigged up that i'm going to throw um flipping and yeah, this is the perch color. I'm there's excited a lot in that it. bait too. Like even from looking at it, okay. So you look at the nose of the bait. There's a little, there's a little circle at the bottom of the nose, at the underside of the nose. You can drop okay. shot through that circle and come huh. off the top side of the nose. It's reinforced plastic. Then also okay. there's a hollow section at the top of the head. So if you want to run a standard jig head in there, yeah, there's a hollow section at the top of the head with a little slit. Ooh, everybody you looks like Texas, Texas rig it multiple different ways. I'm really excited, dude. There's a lot of different ways to rig it. So, like, the way I showed you, Alex, where you yeah. rigged it on the screw lock hook and you had to mm -hmm. put it, like, sideways behind yeah. that front gill, yeah. it actually causes it to swim normal when you reel it. And then mm -hmm. when you stop reeling it, it kicks up on its side and, like, flutters down like a bluegill. Yeah, I was watching that video. That video was super interesting. Um, who was that guy? I don't know who that guy was. I don't know. He might be someone with with pure fishing, with pure like a bait designer. But man, it was cool. So so what he had it rigged like guys. So he had the screw lock in the front, had it rigged normal like Texas rig, so the hook would yeah, come, up, was, come out the side. Was, so look at the side of the bait. There's little lines on the side. Yeah, he had it rigged through that indentation oh. on the side on the bottom. Of, okay, so there point it out. It's the one on the bottom side of that gill plate. That one. Yep. So he had a yep. Texas rig there, and that caused it to swim true. And when he killed it, it swimmed, it kicked out to the side and like fluttered down. Versus wow. the other line on top of the gill. Yep, right there. Where you normal Texas rig. There's a lot that goes into that bait, and they really like tried to make it easy for it to work right. Yeah. I'm so very it feels, it feels it. durable. I was actually kind of impressed by how it feels because it feels a little more durable than I expected it to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was my thing. Is like I was worried. I thought I'm going to flip this thing into a tree and a large mouse is going to eat it and I'm going to come back and it's going to look like that and it's going to be all ripped to pieces. But I don't know yet. I mean, I'm not. Here's the deal, guys. Everybody's asking all these questions about it. Buoyant, all that kind of stuff. Literally yeah, no, just no. got like literally just got this in the mail today. Dad came and visit, visited and walked in the house and said, hey, this was sitting outside, and we opened it up, and it was the ghillie. And so I'm taking these next week, and we're going to go experiment with them. But I just wanted to show them to you guys. Look, kind of a little 
first look. I can promise you I'm the first person on the internet to be showing this thing off as far as like <laughs> YouTube and all that. So I thought I'd give you guys a first look and let you see it. But I'm super interested about this thing. I've got mine um, peg, straight shank, flipping hook. I'm going to go flip with it, like flip heavy heavy cover. But, yeah, I want to try If someone donates the... 20 bucks, Alex will taste it. <laughs> yeah. If you super chat in $20 right now, I'll put it in my mouth and give it a taste. I'll tell you exactly what it tastes like. Don't bother me none. There you go. That's probably what gives people cancer. We probably don't need to be doing that, but I will taste it. I will 100% taste it. The person who super chats in the most, whoever whoever can get it in the quickest, if it's more than 20 bucks, I'm tasting it. But yeah, so no, what That's size? Terrible. So this is like the medium size. This is a 110 size. So this is yeah, like so the think- medium. And then there's like a big one. I got a big one out there that's like that long. And then I oh, got some, you? Yeah, I got like the the dang gone things as big as my hand. And then I got the little bitty ones, which yeah, are the nineties. Like, those I think will be like the perfect. That's gonna kill. Bait. That's gonna yeah. kill on a drop shot for me. Yeah. All right. So Jose, oh, shit. Jose, Jose, my man, <laughs> taste it. <laughs> it tastes like plastic. No, it does. Does it really? Yeah. Yeah. So it's plastic with just a hint of power bait. Maybe a little bit of crawdad ass in there, but mostly <laughs> just power bait. Yeah. I will say, when you taste power bait, so like I used to do this when I get on a really good jig bite, I have a pack of chigger craws in my pocket. I have mm-hmm. one chigger craw in the corner of my mouth. So when I get ready, I just pop it out. <laughs> I would just pop it out and put it on my jig, but it's just kind of <laughs> salty. It's just kind of like salty and a little weird flavor. <laughs> Yeah, it don't got the it don't got the chigger crawl salt. This thing has no salt in it. Ah, it's uh, a lot of plastic that's so in there. Funny, that's, some, dude. that's some plastic right there, some. But yeah, no bluegill taste, that's for sure. But the power bait will make them hold on. Here's the deal: is the fish definitely won't eat this one now. You know what I mean? Like, I'll flip this one in a bush, and they're gonna swim the other freaking direction. They're gonna be like, now, 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 now. And here's the best part is on the back is uh, cancer and reproductive harm. <laughs> so right there on the back, ladies and gentlemen, for cancer and reproductive harm. So let's uh, let's, not hope, let's hope that it doesn't hurt me by giving me cancer or my reproductive parts. All right. So there you go. Everybody oh, got to see the funny. ghillie and, and Alex, Alex Rudd put himself in danger tonight. So, yeah, there you go. There's the ghillie. I just want to share that with everybody. I was excited about that one. <laughs> I uh, I like this. And I, is the HD true color? That's like a new thing, right? That's a new so thing. So that's a Berkeley thing we started doing like a year and a half, two years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And really what it is is like it's not even a paint. It's, it's like a print that they mm-hmm. do on it to make it look identical to the live, you know, bait fish or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have goby ones, they have perch ones, they have blue ones. So yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I, I got um, I got some like sunfish. I got the perch. I got this like blue and brown, and then I got one that's what I've got rigged up right now. I actually got a picture of it. I'll show it to you guys. It's like a um, it's a blue the best way. Flash. Uh, yes, it's that freaking sungill color. It's my favorite Kitek color, which is called oh. sungill. But there you go, guys. You guys can see it there. But very just, I mean, freaking gorgeous color. But that's what I'm gonna be flipping, and that's the smaller size. And I'd say the smaller size is a ninety, so it's like what, yeah, two three inches long. I mean, a four yeah. aught EWG flipping hook, it, it sits right up in there. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited about that one. I think it's gonna be cool. Um, but yeah, if, whoever wins the uh, giveaway tonight, I'll make sure 
and give you one of my packages of gillies that I have so that you guys can have them and go play with them because I think that would be pretty cool. There's always kind of what me and Ben were talking about when we were doing the stunner videos is like, it's always fun to get your hands on something that no one else has. It makes you just like, is there something about that like little, that I think it's why I like JDM tackle so much. It's because like, I know when I got whatever it is, right? Like the moth magra chatterbait. Like I know for a fact there ain't nobody else. And if there is, I don't know them that has that. You know what I mean? And it's just a weird kind of, yeah, yeah. So Ben, you just released a video about the the new Maxent Chigger Crawls though too. Like I did, yeah, I did. Um, the Maxent Chigger Crawls are going to be cool. I don't think it's going to be one of those baits where like you fish it and you're going to notice like a ten to one difference over a regular Chigger Craw. Like you were on the water with me that day. I think the biggest mm-hmm. thing with that bait is like when they're on a finicky bite you need a a jig trailer with a little bit of action and you're dragging a jig or you're like hopping a jig on the bottom around Mm -hmm. really pressured fish that's going to get you like one to two to five extra bites throughout the day versus your buddy that's just throwing like a standard chicken craw or like just flipping a standard bait Mm -hmm. um because it just, I mean, it's identical to a chigger craw. It looks like a chigger craw has a chigger craw action. The only difference is that it has an accent. So yep. you just get that little bit of extra scent that will hopefully help entice a bite. And a lot of times that's most useful when you're fishing on pressure fish. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something I've noticed like with the max scent stuff is that like flipping, like if I'm flipping like a jig, right? I like running that chigger craw on the back of that little magnum. Flipping that thing in there drops fast. Dude, it's not making that humongous of a difference as far as, like, scent. I really don't think that the fish is like, that's what's good. I'm going to eat it. You know what I mean? Not with how fast we're flipping, right? But, like, maybe if you're swimming it, maybe if you're doing, like, little things where you're dragging it or slow moving it. But, like, when you're moving a bait fast, I don't think scent is nearly as important. No, I don't either. Bethany just had to bring me a bottle of water because – I was getting a little bit of a taste, a little bit of a funny feeling. Um, but no, but like when I'm throwing like a general, that's where I notice the difference. It's like, dude, that when it's hanging and it's like in their face and they got a moment to look at it, I think sometimes that scent is just enough to tip them over the edge that it's like it's that last sense, right? Because I, I, I honestly was not a believer in it. And I kind of want to talk about that. So yeah, I was planning on doing a video on this as well. I did not believe in scent as far as being a primary reason why bass ate things. Like in my mind, it was, and it still is, visual, lateral line, and then essentially visual, lateral line, and then scent, right? I thought scent was more of a taste kind of combination. You know, I mean, people know what I'm talking about. Like you can smell something, but like you can taste it. By smell, you know what I'm talking. It's like it all works together in there. The whole yeah. olfactory system works by your mouth and your taste buds and all that. And so I thought it was more like when a bass actually grabs something, just like the package says here that you know they hold on 18 times longer. That the scent was something that made them clamp and hold, and so then you got a better percentage of actually getting the hook set. But I think with max, especially scent, for largemouth, yes, especially for largemouth because they're notorious for, you know what I mean, like. Suck it in, suck it back out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I say it had happened to me like four or five times the other day. I called you about it. I was so pissed off. Um, <laughs> but anyway, but like with Max Scent, I think it's different. I think you're actually hitting the olfactory system there. And, you know, even though like a bass is in the salmonoid family and they do use their nose quite a bit 
And so I think that that max scent in certain situations, man, it's just that last, you know, it looks right. It feels right. Hashtag feels right. Hashtag sounds right. Um, but looks right, sounds right, feels right, and then smells right. And then once they get it in their mouth, tastes right. And, dude, I think it's just, I think it's the last, it's the tipping point right there, man. It's the tipping point, and then you jack their face, and there you go. Yeah. 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 Man, yes. Yeah. I yeah. think I think for me, it's it's been like the shape, the mm-hmm. color, then um, the size, and then the scent. Right? Yeah, like those profile. Are my, yeah, profile. So those are my four biggest things. Um, yeah. But yeah. Okay, I got another discussion. Another topic I want to discuss. Hey, I want to answer a question. Um, the no. River Fishers. Yes, man. The River Fishers. First of all, huge shout out to River Fishers. Go check out his YouTube channel yes, um, and social it. media. He actually came up for the Monster Bass Meetup and came out and fished mm-hmm. with us for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that was mm-hmm. really cool. Um, but one of the questions he asked, we've had a ton of rain in Michigan. We're going to get more rain or we had more rain. And so what's happening is you're getting super high water levels. And we had them. Um, and now the water's starting to fall back out. So when you get those super high water levels, what that does is it pushes the fish into the shallow cover. It pushes them up on the bank. They just follow that water up. And so, like, when this happens, I'm going to be flipping a big jig, like a big, bulky, black and blue jig. I'll maybe add a rattle to it with a big, bulky trailer. So I might flip a jig. I might fish a square bill crankbait around that shallow cover that's in the water or, like, a chatterbait. I want to create a lot of noise, a lot of vibration, a lot of profile in the shallow water that stands out in that muddy, high water. As the water starts to fall back out, what's going to happen? Those fish that were pushed up, into that shallow cover actually pull out faster than the water drops. So like as the water's falling, they're pulling out faster than it's falling. So they're going to get off the shallow cover. So you're going to actually want to look at like the first ledge away from where they were sitting. You're not going to look, want to look like, Oh man, the water's falling. I'm just going to keep flipping shallow. You want to actually pull back off further than they would normally um, pull off. So. Or one of my favorite things to do, if you're in an area, a lot of laydowns, a lot of docks, floating docks, those oh, yeah, kinds yeah. of things essentially just go to the front of all that, you know, like where you were flipping under the causeways of the docks or flipping the bases of the laydowns, literally just go out to the end of that and flip the ends of the laydowns. And I mean, they're going to be, that's where they're going to go to. I mean, it's the, it's the easiest like first transition away from that super shallow stuff is just right out the end of the laydown. And then they'll hang out there for a few days. And if the water continues to drop, then they'll go, like Ben said, you go find a grass line, go find a, a ledge or an edge or whatever it is. And then they'll move into that. The other big thing that happens too, like Alex mentioned, they'll pull out to that outside edge of the piece of cover, but they'll just want to sit there. Like they're not mm-hmm. really super in a mood to eat. They've already eaten when they push up shallow. So you might have to like flip in there and like hold it or flip mm-hmm. in there and like shake it around and like cause or even dead stick it it. yeah that's what i mean like cause those fish to bite it because Mm -hmm. they're not going to be in like a super aggressive mood so that's my biggest thing yeah and you know great example of this was the other day i went fishing they dropped the water level on me probably foot and a half two feet because they were getting ready for all the (laughs) rain that we've had the past couple days and so i kind of started looking not on the insides of the grass lines but the outside edges and I was literally at certain points just tossing a jig in there and I would just go whoop and just let it sit. And like you would just see my line just barely kind of tick and they'd be swimming down the bank with it. I'd jack their face. I mean, this that 
that pressure, man, that, that it puts pressure on those fish. And that's kind of the biggest things is like, that is a stressor on those fish, you know, moving that much and moving up and down and transitioning that much is a stressor on those fish. And so when the fish get stressed, sometimes you just got to kind of just, you know, pat them a little bit, love them, give them a little tender love and rubbing and just inject their face. You know what I mean? That's the way it's got to be. Yeah. Um, but hey, to kind of continue down this whole idea of fish moving because water levels are changing, um, the moon, the moon. I, I've had some discussions lately about the effect of the moon on bass and I have to say that I believe the moon is probably one of the biggest contributors to bass behavior that there is. Because you can't tell me that something that literally affects the ocean levels, <laughs> it affects the way that animals travel and migrate thousands of miles through the ocean, and thousands of miles through the ocean into freshwater to have babies. And it affects how deer act, and it affects how pretty much everything on planet Earth acts, that it does not affect a bass. I don't know if it's just me, but a full moon always <laughs> think, sucks. Dude, I think it's so funny because uh, there's other videos on the internet that say that it doesn't affect anything, and it just makes me absolutely laugh when I hear this. It's such bull crap. Dude, it does. It has such a huge impact on these fish. Not only, like, it's beyond them being able to, like, oh, yeah, they can see all night long, so they can feed all night, and so when the sun... No, like, there's such a big impact that the full moon has on these fish, and the new moon, and, like, the ultra kind of extremes of the moon phases, the eclipses, Mm -hmm. the new moon, the full moon, like, moon, like, anomalies has mm-hmm. such a big impact on what these fish do because it impacts the water and impacts the habitat that they live. So let's go macro first. I want to go macro first, <laughs> and then we'll go macro. So macro, in, a, in looking at the bass itself, a bass is a visual predator. 90% of its brain is dedicated to its everything. Like its entire existence is driven off what it can see. That includes how it feeds, when it feeds, what it feeds on, the kind of forage that it goes after, when it spawns. Everything is driven by this little visual brain. So you've got this big ball in the sky. You've got two big balls in the sky, two big balls of light. And so one ball of light is brighter than the other ball of light. And one ball of light's always there. And the other ball of light is sometimes there and sometimes not. And sometimes it's half and sometimes it's quarter. And so that bass is going to feed on those light those those photic times, like right? when it can actually see light. And when I say photic, kind of talking more about plants, but it can also be applicable to animals as well. Is just how much light is that animal getting, and how is it affecting its brain as far as what it's doing, why it's doing, and where it's doing it at. And then if you go to the 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 macro, the big, not the micro, the macro, the big, you're talking about a cosmic force, a cosmic force <laughs> that literally Neil deGrasse Tyson who I just saw Neil deGrasse Tyson um okay that's not what he said though 513 fishing if you go back and listen to what he said he said yes it does affect he said it doesn't affect people he was talking about like cosmic what's that crap where people have like signs or whatever you know what I'm talking about like where there are libras and tigers and I don't know somebody tried to convince me one time that that crap was real and I told him blow it out their butt but 
anyway, it does affect animals. It does affect the environment. It does affect, you know, whatever. But anyway, like it literally, Neil deGrasse Tyson had a great explanation of how it actually affects the water. And it's not that it's like creating the tide. What it's doing is that the gravity of the moon pulling against the earth actually makes the water in the ocean bubble up into certain areas more, which pulls the water away from the shore and creates a, a, a tide. And it happens on the Great Lakes too, right? Aren't the Great Lakes big enough that the moon phases actually affect, like it creates almost like a tidal effect on the Great Lakes? Yeah, minimal, but yes. The, the bigger factor is the wind that creates enormous tides and water level changes. Exactly. And so I just think the idea is no, I'm just thinking. <laughs> I think the idea that a moon that the moon doesn't affect a bass is probably one of the most ridiculous things I've I'm gonna ever take heard. it one step further for you, man. Okay. So think about this. When the moon sets and the sun sets, so like the moon and the sunrise Every day they have to pass each other, right? So some of the best bites you'll ever have, some of the best bite windows you'll ever have are when the moon and the sun actually meet at the horizon. Mm. Because a mm -hmm. lot of times the best bites that you have are when the two are in parallel. So like mm -hmm. a lot of times those bite calendars are actually determined by when the moon and the sun are going to meet or get closest together. So like you'll notice them fluctuate. What it's doing is it's saying, okay, the sun and moon are about to meet here. They're about to be opposite at this middle part of the day. They're going to feed heavily at the middle part of the day, and then they're going to mm -hmm. meet heavily again when the sun and the moon meet again in the evening or afternoon. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. So like that's how they come up with these calendars. And so like one of your best bite windows you'll ever get on ever, ever, ever. And it only happens a couple times a year is in the morning when that sun and the moon will meet at the horizon during like the summertime or during like the fall time. Mm -hmm. um, because what's happening is like, that's when those fish are most apt to feed and then it'll kind of die off throughout the day. But one of the most negative fishing times to fish, especially in the morning is like when your moon is out and your sun is out both at the same time. And they're both like out in full blown. And it's like, daylight and you look mm -hmm. up and the moon is there that's when mm -hmm. you're gonna have really struggle to catch those fish um yeah and so i yeah. think i think a lot of the times you know when we talk about certain periods of the year like right now june and july is a tough time to go fishing i don't care where you're at in the country tough time to go fishing but i really think the more the more than like the water temperature and the air temperature and the pressure that it has to do with the actual photic periods that we're having and the things that the moon is doing, the things that the sun is doing, you know, and like when we do get into those like fall equinoxes and all that, like I feel like the closer you get to that, the better the fish start to feed. And I think it's just because their natural instinct, their natural drive has been totally for formed and shaping around this being driven by light. I mean, their brain is 90% visual. I mean, deer, you just look at deer, you look at the whole entirety of the world animals and everything I mean, even your damn dog like when it gets dark outside my dogs are done like it's sleepy time and it's like it's because that's just like a natural switch instinct that they have that it's like oh the sun has gone down it is time to go to sleep we're very unique now as human beings that we don't go to sleep when the sun goes down because we have all these lights and all these electronics and things we've trained our brain we've trained that natural instinct away well, those bass, man, being the ultimate predator, the ultimate thing in their environment, man, they still have that instinct. 
right? They still have that drive and that, that just all that, right? I don't know. Now I will say kind of keeping down this same path that I think day to day weather can sometimes have more of an effect on bass than the moon phases themselves. But I never play the moon phase out as a contributing factor because even the sun and the moon itself can drive the weather in certain ways. And depending, I mean, obviously we circle closer to the sun during the summer and the earth tilts towards the sun during the summer. So we're getting more sunlight, longer days. It affects the weather. So day-to-day weather is also affected by sun and moon phase. But I just think it's such an oxymoron and such just a ignorant thing to say that the moon phase has nothing to do with bass fishing. I'm sorry. Go try to catch them little slimy assholes after a full moon, and you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle. Except Plain in the morning. And, and except at the e- in the evening. No, I think this mm-hmm. is really funny. So Will Daniels, I know Will pretty well. Good dude. He's talking about musky guys talking about like the moon and the moon phase and the sun phases um, and it being impacting their bite. But trophy hunters also focus on this a lot. Like trophy bass guys will focus on the moon phases and, and very specific moon phases is like their bite window and their bite opportunity. And so there's a lot of opportunity here for us to kind of take a look at this and apply it to to like what we do as well but at the end of the day like i'm going fishing so like i don't care if it's a full moon a new moon i don't care if it's a half a moon and a and you know like i'm still going fishing so yeah i mean you still got to go figure it out i just think that you have to adapt to the situation you know like next time you're out there and you're like what is going on look at the moon face see where the moon's at and i can promise you there's probably going to be an effect full moons for me always trash new moons always good I mean, I just think it's something – I think what it does is at night, it doesn't give those bass a visual to be driven off of. It doesn't give them a light to be driven off of, and so they just kind of go into a kind of a chill mode. Now, do they eat? Probably, absolutely. But I just don't think they're as actively feeding all throughout the night as they would during the day. And, you know, when you show you got those new moons, they'll feed during the day. That's just – I don't know. That's, yes. Yes, that's that. There's that, and that's how that's done, ladies and gentlemen. Amen, hallelujah. Where's the title? Um, yeah. Uh, There's so many so, good comments. So. All right, so let's pull some. Like, ask some questions, people. I'm not engaged with y'all in a while. I'm sorry about that. I'm usually uh, usually trying to pull some of you guys in. That hat is pretty cool. What you does like that, that say on it? It says Abu Garcia, fish to oh, win. That's yeah. pretty sweet. Yeah, Nathan sent that to me. I thought it was pretty cool myself. I told him I was going to bring back the Lint Biscuit look. Chocolate starfish. <laughs> uh, um, hey, before we turn a turkey rooster and a brand new turkey plucker. What is that? Um, that's a uh, uh, turkey roaster. Learn how to read oh. and turkey plucker. So that is yeah, that's a, a turkey uh, roster. I thought it was rooster. That's a that's a device to 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 after you kill them to pull all their feathers off and then a device to cook them. Hey, Just cook them. You better watch out for lunch and supper out there. Lunch and dinner. That's Rick's names for him. I'm calling him Ike and Tina because one beats the hell out of the other one all the time. But anyway, so let's uh let's uh before we answer any questions, just want to remind everybody that the raffle is still going on. So my buddy Mr. Jason Ryan, he uh he super chatted in twenty four bucks a few minutes ago. Actually twenty five because twenty four nine nine. If you super chat in twenty four nine nine, I give you twenty five entries. But for every super chat that you super chat in, every one dollar is one entry. So one is one, two is two. 
threes three, saw him four, so forth. Jason Ryan got 25 entries, obviously. And if you enter to win tonight, I'm going to be putting together a $200 plus bait package, including some Strike King, some Berkeley, some Egg Zone, and even one pack of the brand new Power Bait Gillies. I'll even give you the pack that I stuck in my mouth. So there you go. That's Are what you, you giving them the 110 millimeter? Are you giving them that one? I might, yeah, the 110 millimeter. Yeah, I can give them that one. Man, that 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 one that you have in your hand right there looks so good. Oh, it's so sick, nasty. I don't want to give these away, but I will because I'm a really, really nice guy. Okay, is that but all you, you gotta, got? Is those? No, I got like six or seven packs. Did you get some accent? Uh, no. Should I have? Did you get some accent? I did. What What did you get? I got some of those. I didn't get near as many as you probably, but. Well, I mean, I might have to just have a conversation about why I didn't get no Dad Jim Max scent. I want some of the new Ned Rigs because I'm a Ned Rig ass. Oh, okay. So that's what I got. So that's what I got. Yeah. And I was so excited, man. I was so stoked. I figured you got some. No, I didn't. I didn't. Well, it's fine. I'll just text Nathan and tell him I need them. Um, but yeah, um, no, you've been a convert, man. You you've converted to the Ned Rig. Alex actually texted me the other day. He goes, man. I'm so tired of paying for Nedrig heads. Can you please pour me some? Yeah, I'm tired of paying for them. They're ridiculous. Freaking $5 for three of them is stupid. But, dude, I'm catching them. I mean, just look at this. Look at what I did the other day with the old Nedrig. Went and found them and caught caught me some. I caught me a mean mouth, like a three-pound mean mouth. I caught me a three-pound small mouth. I mean, bro, I just had me a time with the Nedrig. The dead gum thing just works, plain and simple. Same with the drop shot. Just deadly, deadly all <laughs> day long. Plain and simple. This, I mean, I mean, what did what did he say? Cracking they ass, cracking they ass, plain and simple, son. That is just amazing, and that's what that freaking Edward does. But anyway, questions from the uh, questions from the audience. Shout them out. I obviously can't hear you. I mean, just text them, text them to type them over in the text Ooh, box. Let's talk about a them. really good one here. So Roman the Ned Rig. It's like fishing a uh, hair jig, but you just cast your Ned Rig up there like an eighth ounce, mm. and you just slowly crawl that thing. It's so good. Josh kicked my absolute butt in with that thing a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, I've, I've seen you do that crap before. Like you throw it out yeah. there and you start like reeling it back. I'm like, what are you doing? Zit, 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 zit. And I'm like, okay, that's what he's doing. Okay. <laughs> I see you. I see It's so good. See what post I had going on. And Go high ahead. pressure. What would you be throwing if it's post front and high pressure? Post front, high pressure, man. You're going to have to finesse them, son. Going to have to finesse them. Those high skies, man. And I actually talk about this in my upcoming. I got a jig video coming out around the little Magnum, New Beast Coast Little Magnum. And um, I, I talk about the fact that I was fishing pre front. So I'm fishing that sl- like swirling low pressure, you know, that thunderstorm, thick air, just low pressure thing coming in. But on the back side of that, man, me and my dad tried to go replicate the bot that I was on, and it was non-existent because those fish fed so heavily pre-front and then turned off post-front. And so you're going to have to finesse them. You know, you know, that's when you get out the wacky rig, the Ned rig. Ben would say the drop shot, even though I've caught five fish on that thing in my whole entire life. But hey, it's better than the one you caught them on before you came up here. I know, right? Right? There you go. There you go. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. So just got to finesse them a little bit. Just just get out the ferry. You know that I have four, five. I have five spinning rods now. Probably more than that, honestly. I think your counts are off. Yeah, it probably is. It still makes me sad to even think about that, though. 
That's a great uh, thing, dude. It's a great thing. We're converting it. All right. Um, so another question here: Ned rig fishing in fast current, yay or nay? Absolutely. I will actually take the Ned rig and fish it below the dams. Um, now I'm not like fishing it in the dead center current, like where I fish my big swim bait and all that. But like when I get it down away from the dam a little bit, even in like two to three mile per hour currents. I'll line up cast and throw that Ned rig, man. And the thing about the Ned rig is, is it drops so fast that it just drops right down to where it needs to be. And you can just kind of keep it hopping and keep the current pulling it. And I mean, I can't tell you how many bites that I've got drifting a Ned rig. Um, my buddy, Mr. Josh over here, Bass and Beer, man, he knows about current fishing with the Ned rig. And he, he floats the rivers a lot, and does kayak fishing, and he kills them in the current with little trd he i think he fishes a little bit bigger one not the tiny but not the big they're kind of in between but yes ned rig fish in the current absolutely biggest deal with like ned rigging in the current you have to match the head to the current so like to get the head so it's not lodging in every single rock like you don't want it stuck to the bottom you want it to kind of almost like just gently bounce along the bottom you want the current to push it but not like make it fly so it can't even hit bottom yeah, I use 316 ounce. That's kind of my general go-to across the board. Um, this is kind of my favorite weight, but I found that even like Tennessee River Dam Discharge Fish in 316 ounce, it gets to the bottom and stays there, but it's not just like lodging into every single rock down there. Um, now, I will say this. You'll probably end up catching 45 drum before you actually hook a big smallmouth if you've got drum near you, but, dude, they're fun. I mean, it's pretty fun when you hook a 15-pound drum, so... Yeah. Yes. I mean, I would yes. never complain about that. No, never. Absolutely. You know, that's funny. Like, that's something that I do that is really funny to me. It's one of those kind of uh, unique ideas is the fact that, like, you'll hook that drum, and there's, like, that moment of excitement where you're like, oh, my God, it's a big one. And then you see it's a drum, and you go, oh, man. But for that first like 20 seconds there that you thought it was a largemouth or a smallmouth, you were having a ton of fun. So I've got to the point with drum where I think they're ju almost just as much fun as bass. I mean, obviously, we want to catch the bass. You can There's tell, though, when a bat, when a drum bites versus a bass bite. Like a drum, a bass will like come pick it up. A drum will like. <laughs> yeah. Just hammer the crap like out of it. Four times so yes. hard. Because yes. the problem is their mouth is on the bottom of their head. So they're like trying to hit it and they'll like nose down on it and miss it like mm -hmm. three times. And then eventually they'll like get their mouth on it. That's funny. <sighs> because so what's funny fun. is I got some video, another video is coming out very soon. I'm reeling this Ned rig in and you see just this giant drum like roll on it. Well, I just open the bell and <laughs> drop it down. And dude, my line literally goes, boop. And I was like, there he is. Z -z -z. And I mean, dude, just cracked him, son. It was, that was fun. What, that is, dude, take a uh, wobblehead and like wind it along the bottom, and you just feel it smash it. And you're like, "Well, he didn't get it yet." Smash yeah. it again. Like, oh, I still didn't get it. Smash it the and third then, time, and then your line goes to the side, and you hit him. Yes, that's was what was killing me the other day. Is like there was so many that go, Pah! and I mean, dude, you're natural. It, like you immediately just go like that because you think yeah. it's a bass. But like, dude, the bass, you could tell they could cre create that vacuum because it was like a yeah. the drum were a pat, whereas yeah, it was like a the pow. yeah. Uh, listen again. We describe bass hitting things as sounds. We do this all the time. It's like a pow, whereas the the bass was more like a thud. It's like, and dude, I mean, and you're there that line ago, and I cracked me a couple good ones. Cracked me a three and a half, a three, and then like a three fourteen, so almost Heck a four. Yeah. 
I mean, dude, it was fun. It was a ton of, ton of, ton of fun. Um, Ben, have you ever been to Washington State, buddy? I've never been there. I want to, I want to go. Place to go. Yeah, I want to go catch some of those uh, those giant sturgeon they got up there, man. That looks really cool to me. I, Washington State just interests me too. Oregon and Washington State, because I'm a Bigfoot guy, so I want to go up there and experience Bigfoot culture. Where um, yeah, in so, the United States, or where in North America, do you think Bigfoot has the best chance of living? The um, I think like British West Territory. Yes, British Columbia. Anywhere in British Columbia, just in the massive amount of space between essentially the U.S. border and Alaska, on up into Alaska, that's where he's at, man. If he's going to be anywhere, that is where he's going to be at. Um, Sean wants to know about the wobblehead, man. You've had a lot more experience with the wobblehead than me. Talk about like wobblehead fishing and kind of some keys that you've taken away from that. Um, you can actually fish it all year. For me, it's like a summertime technique more so. Anytime that I want to throw a crankbait but can't get it to stay down, or like I know fish are feeding down towards the bottom, I'm going to fish a wobblehead because I can move it along pretty quickly um, and I can cover a lot of water. So like we fished it on St. Clair, just a great example. You and I fished it on St. Clair. We were fishing a sand to rock transition where there was a little bit of like gravel to boulder rock. And having that wobblehead helped me keep it down on the bottom in like 15 to 18 foot of water, three quarter ounce head with like, I think I was fishing Reaction Innovations, Kinky Beaver or not Kinky Beaver. What's the new one? I'll sweet be a Kinky Beaver. beaver. No, beaver. Um, no, it was a Sweet it Beaver. Sweet, is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, I thought it's, it's not called and, the Stroking Beaver or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. No, that's a six cents. Uh, Anyways. Oh, okay. Stroke or draw. But um, uh, no, I like it during the summertime. Anyone I want to, anytime I want to keep a bait on bottom, but I want to move it quickly. Move it quickly. Did you jack some dad Jim Biggins? That was a good day. Yeah, I probably caught by myself like 21 pounds. Yes. Like you didn't swing on them often, but when you swung, they were all you big. bowed yeah. up. Yeah, you bowed up. Yeah. Um, hey, I just want to ask everybody really quick, since there's 96 of you beautiful, beautiful people in here, go hit that like button for me. It pushes this thing up to the top. I don't often uh, – it was funny. I started one of my videos the other day with, unlike myself, YouTube craves affirmation. And by affirmation, I mean you, you say unlike like yourself? Unlike myself. Oh, YouTube, yeah. craves, YouTube craves affirmation. So please hit the like button and leave a comment because if you don't, then YouTube just kicks me right in the butt. So that's what's happened. So hit that like button for me. I would appreciate it. Um, Rocky Lois says, Ooh. it's the Abus, brother. Caught your live last week. We adopted five siblings to keep them in the family, and I can get a BD shout-out. I'll be 50. To- oh, birthday. Dude, happy birthday, my man. He's going to turn yeah, 50. Dude, 50. Halfway to death. Congratulations. No, I'm just joking, but he did. Yeah, congratulations, man. Happy birthday. I gotta I gotta I gotta give the older folks a little bit of trash every now and again. Just keep y'all keep y'all on your toes, keep you feeling young. But happy birthday, dude, and awesome adoptance. That, that last week was cool, man. Um, because we did end up donating the eighteen hundred dollars that you guys raised, like, which was crazy. You guys helped us raise eighteen hundred bucks for the anglers for adoption fund that Jeremy fish and the Lone Star has got um, set up. And so, man, that was just cool. Totally non-for-profit. All the proceeds that helped a family who is in the adoption process. And we were able to donate $1,800 to help ease just the financial burden. I wouldn't say burden, but it is a burden all at the same time that adoption puts, puts on a family. So you guys are option awesome for that. So, 
And because you're so awesome, again, please go hit that thumbs up. And give yourself a pat on the back for the thumbs up. I love you guys. You know I'm just messing. But anyway. This is not really messing, but yeah, please give us a thumbs up. Or a thumbs down. Any engagement. Yeah. Engagement's engagement. You were giving a thumbs down. I don't care if this thing gets 10 dislikes. I love it. I literally look at Bethany sometimes and say, oh, I'm sad this video didn't get any dislikes. Because I know when videos don't get dislikes, that means that my notifications didn't go out. So hit that notification button so you can dislike my videos. And this has been a service announcement from Alex Rudd. Um, Yeah, Jason's right, though. Next time we do a, um, a fundraiser, We'll figure out a different way to do it. Um, and Jason, I need to email you back, buddy. I still got your email. I'm just an awful communicator, um, especially when I'm on summer break. Like my my business or like my work mindset right now is completely turned off. But anyway, yeah, YouTube ended up taking half. So um, we raised $1,800. And when it was all said and done, I got 898 of it. So yeah, freaking crazy. Freaking crazy, but anyway. So, uh, if you could, if you could give someone a mean comment, like if you could give someone a diss, what would your diss be? I mean, that's all situational, man. I mean, like, what's the situation that I'm dealing with here? What have they said to me first? What do they look like? Yeah. Like, because like I'm I'm a I'm a I'm like a I'm a disser from way back, and so like I can come up with stuff pretty quick. Did you ever watch that show like your with the your mama jokes? Which one? The one with Nick Cannon? Yeah. Wilding out. Ah, no, that's not good. There was wilding out with your mama the, jokes. And they just like go at each other with your mama jokes. Yo, yo mama. Yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, I watched Wilding Out with Nick Cannon. That was pretty funny. I mean, those guys, you know, couldn't tell any of those jokes because they use inappropriate language that I that I'm just not gonna not gonna use. Hey, dude, I, got funny, I got a funny wrong, joke for you. Ron Gomer said they just looked at me sideways. Man, let me tell you something. You look at me sideways, you liable to catch his hands real quick. But anyway, yeah, Ooh. no, I don't know. I mean, I would have to I'd have to be in the situation. We actually uh Beth Bethany knows I'm not a very um it's peaceful the word, the I guess. You're not on the spot. No, you I'm need, on the spot. No, excuse me. Spot. You can't be like prodded to give us an answer. You have to be like in the moment. In the moment. Yep, that's right. In the moment. I am not a very, uh, I guess, peaceful person would be. I'm a very peaceful person. Who am I kidding? I'm a very calm, deliberate individual, but you piss me off and I will burn your house to the ground. But anyway. Hey, we got we got a comment. We got a comment. Quit y'all oh, yeah. Vloggers have been around for a hundred years. <laughs> oh God, Amadi, stroke it hard, son. I mean, get on it and ride it like everybody else. Okay, <laughs> we already I mean, talked just... about it. We already talked about this. Um, we're not against vloggers. We actually did this as, as semi sarcasm. So, oh, semi sarcasm. It's one hundred percent sarcasm. Like this is one hundred percent just like calling out the bullshit right now. Um, hey, Jay Barksdale. Weird last name. Anyway, there's your there's your there's your stab. <laughs> you have a beautiful Wire last name. I'm just I'm just playing with you. Just back it up a little bit, buddy, and you'll see that we're we're not whining. That we're uh we're actually just making fun of everybody for their bitching about floggers. We're not bitching about floggers. We're here to have a cordial conversation and realize that you know we have a pretty level mind about this, and it's just another tool for bass fishing. Again, it's been another service announcement from Alex Red. Guys, I'm in a little bit of a mood tonight. I'll go ahead let's and say I've been about, in a mood for like three days. Let's talk about long lining 
um, and trolling deep diving crankbaits. So Zozo starts to talk about like long lining outperforming casting 10 to one. Um, and then there was Michael Jockus, Michael Jock, who um, asked about it as well. We actually had a full blown like live stream talking about long lining and deep diving crankbaits and the power of deep cranks and long lining with, uh, I believe it's on Caleb's channel, ba Bass Quest. But there's, it's a great technique. It's a phenomenal technique in very specific situations. Trolling a crankbait can be a great technique to cover water too. Um, but long lining really is good for getting a crankbait deep. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's an interesting technique. Like I, I I've done it. I don't enjoy it. It's very time consuming. But you like better be on them. You know what I mean? Is like my deal with that. Like I, I'm not going to go out there and exhaust myself. <laughs> and now Caleb, on the other hand, though, he like just trolls. Like he just troll. He straight up trolls for him. I mean, that's just what he's doing out there on the deep, deep schools. Hey, you got to do what you got to do. Got to do what you got to do. Steven, you're right, my man. I'm on it tonight. I'm on it. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I don't know why I'm in a mood, but I'm in just a little bit of mood. Been in a mood for like three days. Just a little jacked up, you know, been taking my vitamins, eating my spinach, Ready to go. Ready to go. Um, oh, so this is funny because I saw this. So Michael or Michelle. Michael. How do you know it's Michelle versus Michael? Is it Michelle e spelled totally different? I mean entirely I different. Sometimes, you know, and today it's 2021, <laughs> dude. There ain't no telling. I mean, be anything you want to get the spitting Michael. But anyway. Close. <laughs> Not even the same. Not even phonetically the same. That doesn't even work with grammar. Um, but anyway, he said there's dudes down here running catfish, deep sea reels, pretty much running across the whole lake. Um, but yeah, so what was funny is I told you that who was it? What's the guy's name? The pro guy, the the one that's very interesting. Dudley. Um oh, yeah. yeah, uh Michael. Isn't his name Michael Dudley? No, what's David. his name? David. David, only one of the most prominent professional fishermen to ever have fished. Yeah, Anyways, Michael Dudley. Continue. Anyway, so Michael Dudley, he went and bought. Uh, he went to the Walmart and bought a catfishing reel, and like loaded it up with ten pound fluorocarbon so that he could long line even further than the other guys were long yeah. lining in that tournament to catch more fish, which I found was just hilarious. Cause he's out there like non-sponsored, like for real. He's like, yeah, he literally goes, I went to the Walmart, picked this thing up last night so that I could just get us a little <laughs> bit deeper than everybody else. And I was just like, this is the greatest thing ever. Michael I'll tell you Dudley. what, though, Michael David, Dudley's the man. Michael Dudley is the craziest <laughs> human ever. Like that dude will do anything it takes to win, but he's very narrow-minded in the sense like there's only one color net rig and it's green pumpkin. And there's only like very few things like he truly believes in. And yeah, he'll do whatever it takes to win, but he's a different cat. Michael Dudley. I love fishing Southeast. He, he quotes me and said, the fishing pro, the interesting one. <laughs> <laughs> if that's not the most Alex Red statement that has ever been uttered, I don't know what is. Cause how many conversations are we having? I'm like, you know, the guy <laughs> with the face. You know, the one with the hair and the skin and he's got eyes and stuff, that guy. And you're like, no, Alex, I have no idea what you're talking about. I have no idea. Oh, that's funny. Yes, English teachers at my school probably are. I, I'm an English teacher. The thing is, I teach first grade, so and here's the Alex deal. Is, Alex, is, 
Alex's damage can be fixed by the later grades. Yes, exactly. That's what the fifth grade teachers are for. Um, no, but no, like kids' names nowadays are off the chain. Okay, you will run into some kids now that you're looking at that name and you're like, I, I don't even know what that is. And they're just like, you know, hey, hey Ron, where hey, hey, Ron at? You know, <laughs> D-Nice. D-Nice, is like, you hey, hey, Aaron, Aaron, he's like, no, 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 hey, hey, Ron. Hey, hey, Ron. And D-Nice, I'm like, get down to Principal Oshak Hennessy's office right now. <laughs> Principal Oshak Hennessy. Oh god, that's so funny. I, I <laughs> love it. Michael Dudley. <laughs> Michael Dudley is the man. If you don't know who Michael Dudley is, is he's just he's one of the greatest pros um, to ever fish the game, man. We're just joking so around, funny. Billy. We it's we know it's David. I don't know why I said Michael. Um, but he is that guy. He's definitely that guy. But um yeah. Anyway, anyway, hey Michelle, my kids do know my kids know enough about English. Thank you very much, Michelle. <laughs> Oh god! I would love to just have like a roundtable discussion. Like I would love to get all these people in a room in person because we could have so much fun. You know what I mean? Like I do so much better face to face than anything. Like I wish we could do. Number one, I wish I could do a Joe Rogan esque style <laughs> podcast where I get people like face to face and talk to them. I think that would be awesome. But then number two, I would love to do some like meat eater esque meat eater esque. <laughs> Kevin Van Dan. Look at, Sean, look at Sean Lai's comment. What so? <laughs> Damn, son. Yeah, Sean. I'm sorry, buddy. So Pang Pang Chang, <laughs> I guess is how you said that. And then his oh sister. Oh my god, that's so yeah. funny, dude. I'm yeah, sorry. That's, that's awesome. But um, I don't even know what I was talking about. What was I talking about? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, roundtable discussion. So, like, I would love to do a meat eater esque like live and like meet at a place and have people in the place to like listen to the podcast being done. I think that would be a immense amount of fun. Um, the problem is just getting everybody in a central location. Maybe that's something. I also want to go to gas stations. I told Rick last night, you know, like how you'll be listening to the radio and they're like, welcome back to 98.7. We're down here at your local BP. And the BP has got some of the best coffee in the world. They've also got donuts and you can fuel up your car down here. Well, I want to go and I want to do a podcast. I want to do a live stream. I'm going to reach out to some like local businesses and see if they'll let me do a live stream in house with them and like yeah, bring somebody in. You? Exactly. Like, go to these bars and these restaurants around here and do a live stream just like the freaking radio stations do. Like, and I'm your mic has to be so good, anyways. You would be able to block out the room. You would have your your station could literally fit at a small booth. Yes, yes. And like, tell everybody I'm going to be there. Turn it into like a meetup, and just like have everybody there and do it. And I'm going to do the radio voice. I'm going to be like. Welcome back to Alex Rudd's live stream, and today we are broadcasting live from the Dunkin' Donuts in whatever place. They got some nice coffee and some donut holes, so come down here and fill your hole with donut holes. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be awesome, man. It'd be it would be so awesome. funny, dude. I love the radio. I still listen to talk radio. I am an old son. I am a total old soul. I mean, listen. I don't listen to the radio, but I do think it's a cool idea. Like, it's a cool concept. You could have it at, like, a bar like a bar and grill and like have people hang out there as long as they have good Wi-Fi and you have a place to do it. And you could like take people's questions, like raffle stuff off, mm -hmm. give stuff away. 
Oh, I think it'd be so much fun. Oh my god! Man, how much fun would that be? Like I'm you said at one, and I said at another, and like we promote them, and I'm, you're like, "Hey, we're not here at Al's no. barbecue." No, and do the radio. Like, I, I need to hear your okay. best radio voice. You're like, <laughs> "What is going on, everyone? I'm Alex Rudden. We're here at Al's <laughs> barbecue," and I'm like, "And my name is Benjamin Nowak, and we are down here at uh, Deja Vu and Saginaw, Michigan." <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. Oh, what we need. Yeah. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to, I'm going to reach out to some local businesses and I'm going to figure this out. I think we could have a ton of fun doing that because why wouldn't they, if they let the radio come, obviously we're probably getting more traction than some radio stations with this thing. I think that would be fun. I think it would be something different. I think it'd be fun. And yes, I do need to start a Sasquatch podcast. I'd probably get into that too, but yeah. Yeah. Huh. That would be fun. Huh. Like we're joking around, but that would really be enjoyable. I'm not joking. I don't plan at all. I'm also going to start selling seminars for a hundred dollars. Um. Anyway, that's not that's not a lie. Ching. Yeah. That's I mean, not a lie. okay. I need to let's fill let's fill the let's check let's this. Build it. So, guys, I want to know now, and I would probably never. What is the anybody. number? You know, what is the number? So I've heard, I've heard that there are people that are charging people. Upwards of a hundred dollars to attend a z- private Zoom meeting, which is a full blown planned out seminar around any one fishing topic. Now, me personally, I would never, ever, ever charge that much because it's absolutely ridiculous. Don't say never ever. I wouldn't though. I just couldn't. I charge ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents, but not a hundred. Okay, that's also a joke. Um, I hope people can feel my sarcasm because the sarcasm comes from deep, and sometimes it doesn't translate through my eyes and my face very well. Um, but anyway, Especially with that big beard, what wh- is there anybody here that would actually pay for something like that? Because like I, 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 my argument to the whole thing was just a discussion we had. Like I, I don't know, I'm not planning on doing this. I might be planning on doing this. I'm not saying that there's there's no definite answers, yes or no's here. But it was just a discussion that we were having. And I was like, I would never pay for that. But would you guys pay for that? Like I don't know. Is it something you want to do? Like you know, like a master class on frog fishing, master class on square bill fishing, whatever it is. I've already considered it. I just don't know what the number would be. Yeah. I kind of fielded, fielded it a little bit um, when I did that hair jig one, but I think it would be fun. Uh, and it would have to be very, 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 very specifically focused with information you can't get on YouTube. Yeah. I mean, it would be like some real deal, like, like four to five people, super in-depth, me – doing it or some other person that you really, really invest in their opinion on bass fishing. And like, it would be very intimate. Ask questions when you have them, you know, like just super in-depth breakdown of every So here's the benefit. Let me explain kind of the benefit of doing a live seminar versus like just hopping on a live stream and, and posing your questions. So if you do a seminar, if you do a live seminar, the benefit of it is you can cover point A to Z. You'd come with an outline. You'd come with map breakdown, video clips, um, your gear that you want to talk about, and you'd be able to field questions as you do it because it's limited to a certain number of people. So the people that are invested in it, the people that are paid for the seminar, 
can get all of the information and get be on there as long as you need them to be on there so that we guys can get every bit of information you can possibly get from us. And then you can, if you don't want to do that, you can just buy it afterwards for a discounted price. Yes. You just wouldn't be a part of the... You just wouldn't be a part of the live conversation. The intimate discussion with four to five people because that would be one of those things is like, I would only want like... It would be like a small group. It would literally be like a, a guided small group lesson, like me teaching at school, but it would be about like a master class on wacky rigs and every single detail I've ever learned about a wacky rig or a frog or a square bill. Now I'm not saying I'm going to do this, so don't get your hopes up. If there's something that's like, just makes your Jimmy feel funny because I'm not not promising I'm going to do this, but like, I just found it very interesting that the conversation that we had, that there was people actually out there and like they're making thousands of dollars a month selling these like weekly seminars that aren't even in person. You know what I mean? I just found that very interesting. Very interesting. Hey, you want to get intimate (laughs) with me? Come on down. Four to five people. An intimate night with Alex. That's right, man. Me and Michelle here, we would get a intimate (laughs) (laughs) I'm having so much fun. Oh, I love it. God, dude. Yeah. No, I just thought I just thought, I thought that was funny. I think, and two, I have so many emails about guiding people. I don't want to guide people. So that's like, the biggest struggle. So, people. like, this is really what it all stems from, right, is our inability to physically go out and guide people. Like, you and I, I would not be a good person to guide because I'm very much, like, focused on exactly what I'm doing, very, 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 very technical into what I'm doing, so I wouldn't be a good guide. And I just don't have that passion in me. But I think through seminar, we have the ability to effectively communicate these thoughts and ideas and topics and tools to help you guys go and catch more fish. That's really what it boils down to. Yeah, and I think think one of the big things is it would almost not be a a guided trip as much as it would be – I mean, it would be a trip. You would be on the boat with me, but it would be like – I don't just be like a lesson. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm g- going to put you on fish. I'm going to show you how I go find fish. It's like a lesson in fishing, right? But even then, man, listen, I just can't get down with that because I'm just not like I'm not a person That's to believe. That's not something that you're passionate about. No, there's not a passionate bone in my body about that because I'm not a person that believes my own legend. Like I'm just a dude who loves freaking fishing. And there's somebody I can promise you out there is probably a lot better at doing that than I am. Like if that's for, my struggle too. Yeah. Honestly, like between everyone that's watching and you and me, yeah. um, that's my struggle. Is like I know <laughs> between that, you, me, and forty thousand of our closest <laughs> friends. Anyway, that's the be- like that's the struggle that I have is because I realize I have this knowledge, but how do I disseminate it? And like how do I effectively communicate it? So here's the deal. Um, Angry Chiropractor just uh, super chatted in five bucks, which good for him because that's five five entries into the giveaway. But the fact that his username is Angry Chiropractor very scares me a little bit because an (laughs) angry chiropractor, I feel like, is something that could probably result in uh, some. Let's hopefully, hopefully he's got some really good malpractice insurance. Because I feel like at just any moment, like, angry chiropractor just gets a hold of you, grits his teeth a little bit, just, Kah! it's over. Lights out, son. Or you don't walk. The rest of your life, you're, you know, paralyzed from the waist down. Angry chiropractor, thank you for the $5, my man. It's five entries into the giveaway for all the people who don't. Just tuning in. Giveaway is for a $200-plus bait package. I'm also going to be including 
some brand new unreleased power bait gillies. Um, so yeah, get in on that before we get done. Cause we're going to start wrapping it up here in just a minute. I'm actually not going fishing tomorrow. It's July 4th weekend. And as awesome as, uh, that is, and let me tell you, this is probably one of my favorite holidays. I'm going to clean all of my guns. I'm going to shoot them and clean them again. I'm probably going to burn something. I'm going to cook something red and I'm going to just have a grand old time singing every song about America that I can get my hands on and uh, dream about stacking communist bodies as high as I can get them and using them as human shields. Um, but anyway, uh, I'm not going near the lake. And me and Rick were talking about it last night. What somebody needs to do is create a reality TV sh show, reality TV show based completely around like boat ramps. I, Josh and I have had this conversation. So you, um, oh shoot, where is it? Michigan Roots. Michigan Roots over in the comment section. His his idea is like just go to the ramp and like set up a GoPro and just live stream that feed and just have it going all day because you would see so much insane stuff for like Fourth of July and Memorial Day, like the big holidays. Dude, we were at the ramp one time. And we had to sit there for probably 15 minutes waiting for these pontoons to get in. Like one was tied up so tight to the dock. Their, <laughs> their rope looked like it was like really, really, like, really, really stretched. Like a goat. So, so here's what it, here's what this situation I think looked like. You'd been to three County fairs, two goat ropings and a Jewish baptism. And you had never seen shit like that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Dude, it was like that day. What did we go? Was that Memorial Day weekend that we went out on the oh, bay? That yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. And the cops are sitting at the boat ramp. Like, DNR and the cops. Scaring everyone. Scaring everybody. Yes. Checking Anyways, everybody's crap. Anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, so these guys had their boat tied off so tight. Their rope was just pulled taut. Their boat was like, their pontoon was like leaning sideways because their rope was pulled so tight. Like, oh God, these guys have never done this before. And then there's like another boat coming down the other side of the boat ramp. And the dude still has the straps on the back. And he's like jackknifing one way and then jackknifing the other. And Josh and I look at each other we're like, we better tell him he's still got the straps on because he definitely doesn't know. So, so like, Hey, hey, you got the straps still on this thing. He goes, oh, shit. I never did this before. I forgot to take those off. <laughs> oh, my God. See, and the problem is, is this weekend, like, people get out boats that have not got that boat out since they either bought it six years ago or since last year on July 4th. So, so that's they're what's like, funny. So this guy backs, ends up eventually getting it in. I'll just kind of make a long story short. We tell him how to get his boat backed up into the water. Dude backs it up into the water. Josh and I eventually end up pulling the boat out. We drive like 15 minutes up the road, grab some Burger King. Probably takes us a total of about 30 to 45 minutes. Dude, we come back down the road, and the guy is still sitting there, not moved at the boat ramp. Freaking ridiculous, man. We said he's, A, <laughs> his batteries are dead. He didn't charge him at all. That B, happened to us. He screwed Remember something the guy up. At the Oh, when I yeah. had to get in the water, that dude was sitting there with dead batteries. Okay, I'm sorry. Go oh, ahead. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that happens. I mean, it would be hilarious. So yesterday, we I did the live stream with Monster Bass, and we talked to Brandon Polinick. Brandon told us a story, craziest thing he's ever seen, is that there was a guy who was launching his boat, but what he was doing is he was unhooking the trailer from the truck and lowering the entire <laughs> straps on and everything 
lowering the entire boat into the water and was bitching because he couldn't get it on plane. And I said, dude, I said, ain't no way that that happened. And then Brandon was like, no, nah, swear up and down, man, that this guy was cranking it off of his trailer hitch and lowering the whole trailer everything down into the water and then trying to drive that thing with trailers still hooked up onto the boat. And <laughs> I thought, first of all, that'd sink my crap. Like, literally, that freaking Illumicraft would be riding like an inch below the waterline, I feel like. But could you... And I, then, I, then my question was, I was like, Brandon, how was he getting it back up? He said that he was leaving the wheel down, like the front, like the your wheel, right? your whatever it's called, your crank up thing. What the heck is that even called? I don't know what it's called. Your, you know, your little wheel. But anyway, he was leaving that down. And so what he would do is he would back his truck down and he would take his boat and use the motor and get that thing rolling and roll it up to the back of his truck and like hold throttle and then crank it back down onto his truck and pull his boat out. And I was like, dude, that is the wildest crap. I was like, I didn't even know that that was possible. But he had taken that thing back to the dealership like like four or five times saying that it wouldn't get on plane. And they took him out there, and that's what he was doing. Dude, how – I mean, like – Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, dude, crazy. Oh, that is so funny, dude. Oh. Uh, freaking dude, crazy. I got one more. I'm not going to lie. Alex and I had a funny event happen when he was up here. <laughs> So we oh. have been lake hopping. We have been lake hopping. And I normally, if I'm just going to run down to another lake, don't pull the, don't pull the plug out. So Alex goes, we unstrap the boat and, you know, I have my process, but I always skip the plug when I go to a second lake throughout the bay because I don't unplug the boat, whatever. Well, it turns out Alex backs the boat. And as soon as that thing like comes off the ramp and Alex pulls away, my bilge is going like mad, like really crazy, like just blowing water out of it fruit sickle i totally <laughs> just i definitely forgot the plug so alex comes in alex has to swim under the boat like holding onto the motor upside down puts the plug in for me then i have to pull the batteries out because my build just stuck on but dude i will tell you and i just thought about this the other day that taught me a very valuable lesson about my boat i have two different bilges in that boat you do i have a yeah i have a front bilge which is the automatic, and then I have a non-automatic bilge, which is the back bilge. So I have two bilges in that boat. So do you remember when we saw naked people on uh, Parksville? <laughs> yeah, dude. So yeah. that was my story that I told, that we're fishing, and these two grown people just walk <laughs> down there, strip down butt naked, jump in the water, get back out, dry off like nothing happened. And they're just and hanging walking, on their dock butt-ass naked. Butt-naked. I mean, like, they were they were naked. They're not, not even underwear. Like, I'm talking, I think they were both free-balling it. I guess the woman wouldn't be free-balling, <laughs> I don't know, meat-flapping or whatever you would call it. But anyway, so oh, wow. she's, she strips, I mean, they strip down naked and just jump in the water. I mean, it's like they saw us there. And they saw all the other people driving around the lake and, like, just didn't care. Just didn't care. It was a nice day, too. There were a lot of boats on the water that day. I'll tell you what I'm terrified of is one day I'm going to find a dead body, though. I'm I'm really, like, as much time as I spend on the water, I'm really afraid I'm going to, like, roll up on a dead person. Because it was somebody. 
I think it was on Cherokee or something. Bethany told me about it. They found a dead body in like a tote. Like somebody killed them and put them in like a tote. And they and the kid the kid was fishing and found the dead body in the tote. Dude, this is scary. There's a guy that I talked to. So a couple of weeks ago, someone died on the bay. The person that found that body has found three bodies. Oh my god! They hooked they hooked two and they found this one floating. Mm, that sucks. Could wonder you if, imagine? Wonder if after the second one, it's just like, well, here's another one. Uh, <laughs> like, death, body. There's the smell of death again. <laughs> Uh, hey, speaking of death and getting some things happening to you more than once, we got to get the kid on that got struck by lightning. What's that kid's name? Twice. Yeah, Trevor McKinney. Okay, I'm reaching out to Trevor McKinney. Or who, yeah, I'm, I don't know. Email him. We'll message him on Instagram, whatever it is. I got to have the kid on to talk about getting struck by lightning twice. Trevor. And then won, won a college fishing tournament. Is, is this the, uh, is that the kid right there? Uh, probably. Uh, he kind of looks like he's been struck by lightning. Oh, my God. Adam, well, Adam. he's never going to be on the live stream. Oh, yeah, he'll come on. He'll come on for sure. Trevor McKinney. Is it the key? I get. I get. That's got to be him, right? Yeah. Who's he fish for? Okay. Yeah, McKinney. Well, all right. Well, I'm going to have him on because we're going to talk to him about getting struck by lightning. Yeah, right here. They say lightning doesn't strike twice. <laughs> yep, here it is. Yep, that's him. <laughs> Poor kid. They said lightning doesn't strike twice. Well, struck his ass twice. There you go. Oh, wow. All right. Well, boys and girls, I tell you what, I think we're going to wrap this thing up and I think we're going to give some stuff away. But before we do that, I need every single person watching to go hit that like button. And I'm not moving until we do that. And I'm also going to give everybody else a chance to enter the giveaway before we get it done. Um, every $1 you super chat in is an entry. So like the last one was 1999. So that's 20 entries into the giveaway. And uh, you'll be winning a $200 plus bait package, including Strike King, Berkeley X zone, and one pack of the unreleased Gillies by power bait. So get your entries in and go hit that like button and Ben, any closing final thoughts on this absolute cacophony of madness that this was this Alex and I text each other all the time, but today we text each other. We're like, man, what do we want to talk about tonight? He's like, I have absolutely no idea. And well, this <laughs> is a perfect example that we had absolutely no idea. Of what we wanted None. About, so. None. I mean, we just show. Hi. Hi. Bethany's here to help us do the giveaway because <laughs> her, uh, we got to buy Bethany a new computer. Hers crapped out. And so she like went and whipped out her computer from like college from like 2012 and so uh, if you didn't know, 2012 was like almost 10 years ago now. And so Stop like 10-year-old ten, ten computers like don't work anymore, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, so um, babe, what numbers are we dealing with here? Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 362. All right, so we get 362 entries. Benjamin, I need a Alex, number. Pick, pick it out today, man. You've never you really gotten to pick it out. What's Bobby's birthday? We got an estimate. Bobby's birthday. Oh. When did we find the cat? I don't know. Uh, I'll do. Uh, well, my birthday wouldn't work because um, I was born nine seventeen, um, but I was born in the not the not nine hundred not. I was born in our year of the Lord ninety three. So let's go with number ninety three for the winner for tonight. <laughs> Brad Taylor. Brad Taylor, my man. Congratulations. 
you have won the giveaway. If you will, please email me your full name, address, zip code, social security number, um, a picture of yourself and any of your relatives, and I will get your bait package out to you. No, I'm just kidding, but I just need your full name and address. Email to me. Um, my email can be found down in the description, so go down there and get it. But congratulations, Brad Taylor. And uh, this, the 21st year of the 2000th year of the year of our Lord, we will conclude this podcast. And as uh, always, you guys are sweet. We'll see you next week. See ya. Bye. 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 Bye, Lieutenant Dan.